Well, good morning. So we're in our series, Our Magnificent God, and some of you might be new this morning and you're wondering, why is there an OMG on the front of the bulletin? What we've been doing is we've been redeeming the name of God because some of us, we grew up maybe in an environment where we learned that OMG was the way to speak. And we use that acrostic now because of text messaging and things like that. But it actually stands for, oh my, and then we attach the word God. But we're learning through this series how we keep God's name holy and how we learn as, as we're learning together to glorify his name. That's what it is. That's what it's all about, our magnificent God. Today, we're going to be talking about why God sets me free. Now, you might be thinking, but I live in a free country, so why would God have to set me free? Set me free from what? I'm not a slave to anything or to anyone. I make my own choices. But the Bible does say that the truth shall make you free. And so if the Bible says that the truth shall make you free, that must mean we're enslaved to something. Something must be holding us down in order for God to say, I need to free you. Now, the nation of Israel, when God had his people being in the nation of Egypt, and they started to multiply, the Israelites became stronger and stronger in the land of Egypt. And they were living there. But then a new king, or a new pharaoh, as they called them, came in and ruled. Now this new pharaoh got jealous and insecure and fearful about the Israelites because this new pharaoh thought that if these Israelites become stronger, then they can take over the Egyptians. So what the pharaoh did is put them in slavery. So God's people were enslaved by the Egyptians. They were shackled. They were given heavy tasks to build brick so that the Egyptians could build their kingdom. And so they were oppressed. God sent a man by the name of Moses to go in God's name to release God's people from captivity from the Egyptians. Well, there was this whole ordeal that went on. The plagues of God came to the Egyptians. And then finally, Pharaoh let the people go. Well, the Israelites went into the wilderness, but before that, they encountered the Red Sea. God split the Red Sea, and then they were set free. And you would think that they would be so joyful, which they were in the beginning. But then, after a while, they began to complain. And then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their complaining. And they didn't do the things that God asked them to do because their hearts longed for Egypt once again. They were saying, oh, how good it was in Egypt. How good it was back then. Oh, the food, the choice meat, the wonderful water springs. We had it made in Egypt. Yet they forgot they were enslaved. Now, some of you haven't noticed yet, but maybe you will now that I have these shackles on. And some of you are wondering, okay, is our pastor under house arrest? Because if he is, then something's going down at New Hope. But I actually wore these on Friday just because I was going to use this as an illustration today. I wore these things all day on Friday just to see what it felt like to be shackled. And boy, did I learn a lot. I learned that as much as I wanted to do something, I couldn't because I was limited. And it reminded me of the Israelites. When they were set free, they wanted to go back and be shackled. Because they felt, oh, being shackled was so much easier, so much better. Because they were used to being enslaved. The Israelites 
although chosen by God and, and represented God and were the people of God, forgot what it was like to be set free. Have you ever forgotten or have you forgotten what it means to be set free in Jesus Christ? Because maybe we've been walking with the Lord for 15 years and we're not like so-and-so, we're not like this person, we're not like that person, but we're still shackled by our own sin. And we don't even realize it. When they released me on Friday, they, they uh, you know, uh, unleashed the, the shackles. And I can't tell you the feeling. It was so good. I felt so free. I could stretch. I couldn't stretch. You know, I stretch like every 10 minutes or even all day. I just keep stretching because of what I do. And I want to make sure that my, my, you know, my muscles don't lock up. So I couldn't even stretch. And it's very, uh, you become so frustrated because you're limited. So I think they're going to post the video on setting me free. It's just a raw video someone shot with their phone of them setting me free from these things. I think they're going to post it on YouTube or put it to our Facebook account. So you'll, you'll see that later. What a fun team I work with. But 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, and you can take out your notes in your bulletin. And I want to read this to us because the Bible gives us a word that, that reminds us of what Christ has done for us. And it says this, And if you call on Him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed. That's the word. You want to circle that or underline it. Ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. See, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that has ransomed us from our sin. Ransom is a, it's being released upon payment. That's what it means to be ransomed. Because of what Christ did on the cross, we're released from our sin because of the payment of sin that Christ gave to us. That's why he died on the cross, so that he could pay the ransom for you and I. So that sin no longer has a hold on us. See, we, we're going to discover that there's more to freedom than we realize in Jesus Christ. Even as Christians, we forget about the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Because when we're free, God takes off the shackles of sin. Many of us go back and put them on voluntarily. We just go back because we're comfortable to the old lifestyle. Oh, it's easier this way. Too hard to follow God. I'd rather do my own thing, my own fleshly, my sinful nature. I'd rather go back to there. So much easier. Oh, I want to tell that person off. I can do that. And so we shackle ourselves voluntarily. Could you write this in number one for our first point? That my slavery is voluntary. We now volunteer ourselves to be shackled. Yeah, we may not have a pharaoh today. We may not have anyone causing us to be enslaved. We may not have anyone ruling over us as far as slavery goes. But even though Christ sets us free because we voluntarily shackle ourselves, we are once again enslaved. The book of Romans puts it this way, Romans 7.15. says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. 
I think we've all come to that place that we want to change, we want to do better for God, we want to do better for our family, we want to be a better husband, want to be a better wife, better children, better people at work. We try our very best, but we do the very thing we hate. And then we regret it later. And then we go back to God and we say, Lord, help me. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. We, we do these things because we're shackled still. We're stuck in our old sinful nature. Some of us, we didn't want to come to church because we said, oh, church is full of hypocrites. I don't want to go to church. You know why? Because we as Christians, even though we're shackled too, even as Christians, voluntarily shackled, even though Christ set us free, we voluntarily shackle ourselves back to our own sinful nature. We're no different than anyone else that doesn't come to church. Here's the difference. Many of us Christians learn to hide our shackles a whole lot better than people that don't come to church. We've just learned to how, how to hide it, how to accessorize, how to put more bling on it so that it matches everything, how to accessorize. We put on boots. We even, we even paint the shackles so that it matches everything else. It matches our cell phone. It matches our car. We, we paint this picture for everyone else on the outside so that we look good. And we think that that's what it means to be set free. It's not. We're still shackled. We're stuck in our old sinful nature. When I was shackled on Friday, I was shackled for only about six hours. Not that long. Just six hours. Yeah, it is long if compared to nothing. But six hours, it's really not that long. But being shackled, even in that short amount of time, was very painful. After a while, my ankles began to... uh, Actually, it was because I had it over my sock, so praise God. If not, it would have cut into my skin. It's that, that difficult to walk around with. You know what was the best situation for me being shackled? The most comfortable position for me was sitting down doing absolutely nothing. Even typing was hard. If you type, you know, if you learn ASDF and the JKL semicolon deal, if you type, you can't with these. You try, and I tried for about 30 seconds, your shoulders start to burn and your back begins to lock up. So now you adjust. So I had to type like this. Like many of you, you type like this. That's fine. If you type like that, that's no big deal. But I had to adjust and I made it work, which told me this. We live with our sinful nature and we make it work. We live with sin and we make it work. And we cut short God's potential in us because we learn to do with our sin but we're shackled. We're limited. We can't do the things that God wants us to do. Why? Because we're shackled and we learn to live with our sin. I actually got used to it. I got used to it. I could walk easy. I was free to walk however I wanted to, all shackled up. Using the bathroom was very difficult. Let me tell you that. God forbid, number two. I would have just yelled out, Pastor Aaron, I need help. Pastor Aaron. You're limited. You can't do the things you want to do. And I thought, God has given us potential. As gifted as we are, as gifted as he made us to be, we're limited because of our sin. We are supposed to be the pinnacle of God's creation. And we limit ourselves because we voluntarily shackle ourselves. And we don't let God do the things he wants to do. Many of us wonder why we don't do things for God. 
Yeah, we can make all the excuses. I'm too busy and this and that. Oh, I don't know if they'll accept me. I don't know about this. No, it comes down to being shackled because the most comfortable position is sitting down doing nothing. That's, a, that's, the, that's the best position in these shackles. And it reminds me of sin. Sin locks us down so that we can't even be used by God. I said I can't on Friday more than I've ever said in my entire life. Someone would ask me to do something. I said, I can't. I got these. I needed to get lunch. I can't. I ate peanuts for lunch because someone had this peanuts things. So that's what I ate for lunch. And some of us settle for peanuts because we can't. God says you can. You can do all things. Don't voluntarily shackle yourselves. See, when I'm shackled in my sin, my walk with Christ is very, very difficult. Whatever excuse I give, it comes back down to I'm shackled. That's why it's so difficult. Romans 6, 20 and 21, it says, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. In other words, we're free to do what is right, but because of these shackles, I'm not, I can't even do what I'm obligated to do as far as being righteous. I, I can't. Because I'm still shackled. God has given us so much potential. But we're limited because of our sin. Romans seven nineteen and 20. It says, I, do, I, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. In other words, it's these shackles that we voluntarily put on. Some of us have never come to Christ. We've never been set free from Christ. So we're still shackled by the sin that is embedded in us, in our sinful nature. But when we come to Christ, He sets us free from all of that. But many of us go back and we put it back on. God says, why? I set you free for a reason. Just because we're not slaves to anyone doesn't mean we're not enslaved. I'll just throw out some things. Because we, we don't choose who will rule over us anymore. We now choose what will rule over us. Yeah, we're free, but you know what we do? We, we're free, and we're free to choose our own Pharaoh. That's what we do now. We choose the Pharaoh of drugs. Self-imposed, voluntary, but shackled. You're enslaved. We choose that way. The Pharaoh of alcoholism. Self-imposed, voluntary, enslaved. We're stuck in it. Gambling, self-imposed, voluntary, enslaved. Pornography, self-imposed, voluntary, enslaved. You can't get out of it. And so you hide the shackles. You hide the sin. Fornication, sex outside of marriage. Self-imposed, voluntary, enslaved. Our selfishness. Self-imposed, voluntary, we're enslaved by our own selfishness. Eating too much, eating too little, self-imposed, voluntary, enslaved. Debt. Self-imposed, voluntary, shackled, enslaved. Yeah, but I'm not enslaved, I'm free. No, you're free to pick 
your own Pharaoh. That's what we're free to do. We're free to pick our own Pharaoh. And many of us choose that route. Can you write this in our second point to let go of what enslaves me? Well, I want to let go, but how do I let go? Well, first you have to come to the realization that many of the things that we do is voluntary. That we can let it go. And when Jesus set us free, when we received Him as our Lord and Savior, and He set us free, and He unlocked it because He's the only one who has the key, we go back and pick it up and lock ourselves voluntarily. And Christ is saying, I already gave you the key. It's through me. But we voluntarily put it on. And He says, you can now take it off through my power. You can throw it off at any time. People were coming by and they were asking me for help. And they were saying, oh, you know, you want me to make this? You want me to do that? I'm like, no, 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 because I want to learn how to do this. But a lot of it was not really that. It was really my pride. Like, we need help up the stairs. I can do this. I get them. I get them. Nah, no need. That's what I would say. And then it reminded me, when we're so deep in our sin or things that are going on inside of us and people want to help, sometimes we say, nah, I get them. I get them. I get them. Then when we hit rock bottom, we cry to the Lord and we say, God, how come nobody helping? How come nobody in call? Nobody didn't even visit. I wonder if it's because we learn to hide our shackles well. And when people ask us, how are you doing? Oh, good. We're doing good. But inside you're dying. You're shackled up. God says, that's why I send you people to help. But if you keep saying, no, no, I'm good. I, I got this on my own. I got it. I don't need anybody. And you're stuck in your own sin. Even if I wanted to help someone else with their shackles, I don't have the key for it. I can't unlock somebody else. Jesus Christ has a key to our soul. He's the one that unlocks it for us. That's why we got to go to Him. I told Heidi about this on Friday. and I, I said, yeah, I was putting on the shackles and I wanted to see how it, how it was. And, and she said this. She said, I'm sure God was showing you what you could have been. And I thought about it. I thought, yep. Because many of us were heading down that road. Some of us are in that road right now. Some of you were just recently in something like this. But God set you free. He, he helped you. Don't go back. The Bible says this. That when God sets you free, you are free indeed. Someone gave me a statistic. 80% of inmates, when they're set free, go back into prison. Because they cannot adjust to the lifestyle outside of prison. In other words, we get so used to the system that we don't know how to function in the free world. That's exactly what sin does to us. We hold on so tightly to sin and we want the sin nature. We, we're okay with it. We get so used to it. By the time God sets us free and we live in His freedom, we don't know how to function. That's why we need Him. We need Him to teach us every step of the way to walk again. You get locked up in this for six hours, I still was walking like this. I still had difficulty walking. I had to get used to walking. And that's only six hours. Imagine living a lifetime full of sin, shackled to our sin, and then trying to live a Christian lifestyle. We need God to help us every step of the way. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know how we can just throw off sin? It's only through the power of Jesus Christ. He sets us free. 
Don't get used to the old ways. Don't, get, don't be like the, the Israelites and, and pine for Egypt and say, Oh, I, I long for the old days. Oh, I remember the days when back in the day we used to do this. Oh, I long for that. Don't long for that. You were still enslaved back then. It's not a better life. Yeah, but it's easier. Yes and no. It's only easy because you're used to it. You've adapted to it. But I can tell you, as gifted as I am, as, 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 as great as I would, I would want to play basketball or football or a sport, I could be the most talented athlete in the world, but if I'm constricted to this, if I'm restricted to this, I'm useless. And then I settle for what I can do in the shackles. So many of us, we settle for what we can do without God. And God is saying, you're the pinnacle of my creation. That's your potential. That's who I made you to be. I made you a beautiful creation. So how do we, how do we know that we have sin that we've gotten used to? Because after a while, I got used to it. Even speaking. Now, I inherited Portuguese, so I can kind of speak with my hands and not. But I get used to it. I get used to walking around just, uh, you know, my steps not that far apart. You learn to adapt. And it's so like sin that we get used to sin in our lives that we don't even know it's there. So how do you know it's there? Well, these scriptures are not in your notes, but you can write them in. Hebrews 4.12. And you can check it out later. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. Of joints and marrow. And able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Comes back to God's word. God's word shines into our soul and reveals the sins that we don't even know we have. And God sets us free from that. It also says in the book of Psalm 139, 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's what he's telling us. It comes from his word. We need his word to shine the light in the darkest places of our soul so that he can set us free from the sin that so easily entangles us. Psalm 119, verse 11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It comes back to his word. Get into the word of God. God sets me free. And you can write this in your last point, so that I can worship him. Now, does that mean I got to sing songs all week? Because I have a hard time singing in church. Worship is a lifestyle. It's a part of worship. Yes, we can sing unto God, and he says to do that. But more than that, when our shackles come off, now we're able to glorify our magnificent God with the way He is truly to be worshipped. That's why John 4.24 says that God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hard to live a life that truly is worship unto God, shackled. Because it's a lifestyle. God wants to set us free. Shackled by my sin limits what God wants to do in my life. I may think that, well, it's my sin, so, you know, it it doesn't affect anybody else. It does. It affects every single person around you. As a husband, my sin affects my wife. As a father, my sin affects my children. Our personal sins affect everybody at work. It affects our family. 
our sin affects every single person. You may think in your own selfish mind that, no, no nobody knows. Nobody's going to find out. No, no. You're still shackled by it. You're limited by what you can do and your potential. And you limit everybody else around you. I was trying to work with our staff on Friday. And we're shooting some videos and things like that. I, they had to wait for me. I slowed them down. I slowed down my entire family. When I'm shackled. I will even make excuses and say, no, you go to church, you listen to God, and then you tell me. No, I'm shackled. Why? Because the most comfortable position is sitting down doing nothing. I'm shackled, and I don't even realize it. I'm used to it. And then some of us, because we're shackled, we didn't even trust God with what He's doing in our family. And I limit my family. Even though God might want to grow them and mature them in, in their walk with Him, because of my jealousy, insecurity, or whatever possessiveness I have, I don't even allow them to grow in the Lord because of my own insecurity. It's because I'm shackled. You know when you're shackled as a husband? You're very insecure about your spouse. You're very insecure because you can't do a single thing to help unless you let God release you. Can you see your potential even as a father, a husband, a wife, a mother? When God releases that potential, everyone flourishes. Everyone grows and everyone gets to see God. Don't get used to the shackles. Don't get used to being enslaved. Now watch how Jesus deals with this because the devil came to Jesus. It's like the devil came with these shackles and he said, if you only put these on, I'll show you a better way to live. Now I'm kind of Twisting it a little bit, paraphrasing it to, to what could have happened to Christ. But watch how Jesus deals with Satan. And it's found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus tells Satan, get out of here. He tells him that, get out of here. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. In other words, Jesus went back to what God says. He didn't allow anything else to be above God. Worship belongs to our magnificent God. That's what Jesus was saying. Satan came along and says, hey, I got a better way. I got this. I got that. I'll give you, I'll give you the riches of the, the earth. I'll, I'll, I'll put you in a high place and, and I'll, I'll do great things for you. And Jesus said, it's not worth being shackled. There's no other God that I worship but Him only. And sometimes we choose the Pharaoh of a different God instead of God Himself. And we make other things our God. We make money our God. We make possessions our God. We make what we want to look like on the outside our God so that we look good in front of people but still shackled. And Jesus says, tell Satan, get out of here. Whenever you feel that temptation, just tell him, get out of here. He's just testing you or tempting you. Don't get shackled. Romans 12.1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. But if I'm shackled, I can't present my body holy and acceptable unto God. God sets me free so that I can worship Him with my life. That's what Jesus did with communion. When He was with His disciples, Jesus said, I'm going to do something. My body will be broken for you. I'm going to go to the cross. He took the bread and he broke it. 
he took the cup after supper and he said, this is my blood which has been given to you. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, what I'm about to do will set you free. Lord, you've given us potential. You set us free from our old ways. You make us brand new. You've given us a way out, and it's through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now for anyone. Maybe they've never given their lives over to Christ. Maybe they still feel like they're shackled by whatever is going on in their lives. But they feel that they've only reached so far in their life. They can only go so far and they're limited. Maybe it's because they've never allowed you to release them because only you have the keys to release us from the sins that we have committed and the things that we have done that were not pleasing to you. But you release us because you love us and you see the potential in us. I pray for anyone this morning that if you've never given Jesus your heart, I'm going to say a prayer. And it's just leading you to Christ. He's the one that sets you free. It's not me, but it's, it's Christ himself. You can repeat after me. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. Release me from the shackles that hold me down. Thank you that you died on the cross. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for setting me free. I pray this in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and eyes closed, you may have said that prayer this morning for the very first time. And if you did, I would love to pray for you. If you would just lift your hand, I want to just say a blessing over you. If you said yes to Jesus this morning, good. Anybody else? Good. Back there, many hands. You said yes to Jesus. Good, good. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. He sees yours back there. God sees your hands. He sees yours back there, over here, right here, back there, right here, back there. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. Right here, God sees your hand. Right here. Good. Right here in the front. Back there. Good. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for those that just said yes to you. That they are free from the things that used to weigh them down. That they are set free so that they can worship you. That they can live a life that is pleasing to you. One that reflects you. But also one that they will grow in you. That they will learn how to fly. That the dreams that they have for themselves are so small compared to the one that you have for them. I pray for all of us that we wouldn't go back voluntarily and and put on the shackles, but that we would be free to run and to stay a part of your kingdom. Thank you for going before us paying the price, the price that we could not pay. Thank you for ransoming us. And now because of that, we are free indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen.